0: Good afternoon. Live from Fort Street in downtown Louisville, WFPK presents our weekly live music showcase, Live Lunch. And now, from our performance
1: studio, here's your host, Laura Shine.
0: Not quite exactly today. I'm Sean Cannon filling in for Laura as we welcome uh, some musical legends. You don't very often get to be feet away from legitimate musical legends, but we are today. The Zombies, who, uh, by the way, are going to be here this weekend for uh, Abbey Road on the River. And uh, speaking of which, uh, Live Lunch This Week is made possible by contributions from FPK listeners like you, but also from Abbey Road on the, on the River at uh, the Belvedere Festival Park and Muhammad Ali Center. That's happening this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through the 30th, uh, featuring performances by more than 50 bands, including The Zombies and Felix Cavalieri's Rascals. Uh, Details and tickets are online at AROTR.com. And I also want to say thanks to the City Cafe with Citywide Delivery for any event, for providing lunch for FBK members today. Uh, I'll mention this too next week, Zach Longoria Project, but this week, it's the zombies. I'll let them take it away.
2: Thank you very much. I'm Rod Argent, uh, that's Colin Blundstone. We were the two founder members of the Zombies, and uh, we first met in 1961 um, at uh, our very first rehearsal. And we're going to start off um, today with, we thought we'd we'd give you something at least at the beginning that you know. So we're going to start with this one.
1: If she should tell you come closer And if she tempts you with a charm Tell her no 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 But she said that to me
2: came out in 1965 um, and we're going to move on until uh, last year and I just have to very quickly tell you that we made a new album because we love doing all the old stuff, we honestly do, we never tire of doing that but always within the context of being able to energise ourselves and uh, excite ourselves by being able to write new material and present new material um, to the audiences who continue to respond brilliantly to it and in October last year we had a new album out called Still Got That Hunger. And when that album came out, we had a phone call from Billboard magazine in the middle of our tour, and they said, we just wanted you to know that for the first time in 50 years as the Zombies, you've got a record in the top 100 album sales charts. So that's really pretty cool, wasn't it? So we're going to do you know, just a, a couple, two or three uh, scattered uh, through the concert today We're going to start off with the first track on the album uh, Called Moving On And then we're going to give you yes, another one Called Edge of the Rainbow So I hope you enjoy these
1: sorrow. Won't allow the darkness my life to define. I won't cry for the past, for I've refound my freedom at last. I won't shy from the strife. It doesn't kill me, it won't fill me with life, And I'm moving on to my dreams of tomorrow Thrilled to be wherever my soul may be bound Who can tell where the journey may lead me Who can say where the rainbow may be found? I won't shy from this drive. drive. What doesn't kill me will fill me me with life. life. And I'm moving on to my dreams of tomorrow. Thrilled to be wherever my soul may be bound. Who can? The journey may lead me Que okay. Just know Trouble. No, there's no trouble is
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It's Rod Argent and Colin Blunstone of the yeah. Zombies. Yeah. Again, uh, this week's live lunch is made possible by uh, not only contributors and listeners like you here at FPK, but also by Abbey Road on the River at the Belvedere Festival Park and Muhammad Ali Center this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, the 26th through the 30th. Featuring performances by over 50 bands, including these gentlemen, the Zombies, and uh, Felix Cavalieri's Rascals. Details and tickets are online at AROTR.com. And thanks again to the City Cafe with Citywide Delivery for any event, for providing lunch here for members. One more time, I'll mention next week, Zach Longoria Project will be here. Uh, Colin and and Rod... um, you know, you mentioned earlier the uh the genesis of the zombies, but I've I've been curious when you first got together and realized that you had an actual band. What what did you think was going to happen? Well, I
3: think uh speaking personally, you know, I thought it was going to be a two-year adventure. Just two years fun, you know. Um that's what I was hoping for. Even when we made our first record, uh she's not there in 1964. I think most people thought that, you know, a, a rock singer's lifespan would be two or three years, and that's all I was expecting. To me, it was traveling the world with my pals, singing music I loved. What, what could be better than that? But I thought it would be two or three years. And, of course, we got together, first of all, in 1961. So it's actually lasted over 50
0: years, so I was a little bit out. I was Slightly. Just,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what, what were each of you planning to do after that, after that two years? Well, at, what were we, 15,
3: you know, when we got together? We weren't planning after. <laughs> no, we. I mean, I was having trouble with today. I there was no thoughts of after.
2: I mean, the, the thing is that I, I always wanted to stay in music all my life. I mean, that was the goal for me. And uh, I'm so grateful that we've been able to do that. You know, I'm, I, I still wake up every morning and think, you know, you're so privileged to be um, a musician and doing something that if you hadn't earned a living all these years doing that, you would have paid to do it. And, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty privileged p- position. A lot, of my, a lot of my friends from school that I've actually met up with again now, they've all retired. They're all retiring, you know. And, and you know, as I said, we've, we've got a, um, a record in the charts again. I consider us an
0: emerging rock band. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I think there's, there's, that's fair because uh, you know when Odyssey and Oracle finally came out and became a success here in the states, the band was gone, and yep. so you you finally you got a, you finally got a taste of that brass ring.
3: Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean,
0: it was a series
3: of coincidences, really. Uh, Rod and I worked together off and on from the band finished in '67. I retired in '67 when I was 22 <laughs> <laughs> which was a nice feeling except I didn't have any work and I didn't have any money but otherwise it was a great feeling um, and, but we worked together regularly over the years Rod usually producing solo albums of mine but there were other uh, uh, projects we got involved in as well and then in 1999 I had six concerts and I just said to Rod do you fancy coming and playing on these six concerts and he said yeah I'd love to do the six concerts, but that's grown from 1999 to 2016. We had such a ball, we just... And we're on the sixth at
2: the moment. So.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in, in that gap, was, was there ever a thought that maybe, you know, you guys would get the band back together? No, never. Not it you? was gone. I mean, we, we're, I
3: think we were all in the band, Rod and I and the others. We're always thinking about forward rather than backwards. And when we got back together again, we didn't call ourselves the Zombies for years. But we didn't realise there was such an interest in the Zombies repertoire until we started playing a few zombie tunes. And then people asked for more and more. So it took about six or seven years for us to say, well, we're playing nearly all zombie tunes. (laughs) So we might as well call ourselves the
2: Zombies, you know. But we resisted that for a while. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we really didn't want to just look backwards. But then we found and we realised ourselves that an awful lot of these songs we'd never played live, ever. So we thought, well, you know, let's rediscover this one that we never, ever played. And we started having real fun doing that, and it felt natural. It didn't feel like we were trying to get out there, you know, just to make a buck or something. It was... It was it, we got enthused about it. Uh, and coupled with that, what I've already said uh, today about... Um, getting excited about being able to write new material and, and still feeling those creative juices and the energy that comes from being able to make things work, you know, uh, new things work. Hearing new stuff on the radio, it's always the biggest thrill. I mean, it's always great to hear Time the Season on the radio, but I tell you what, if you hear a track from the new album on the radio, it, it gives me much more of a thrill, mu- much more of the thrill we had when we first started out when we were 18 years old. Um, so all in all, you know,
0: it worked pretty well. The Zombies here on Live Lunch. I'm going to let these gentlemen get into some more music. We'll talk a little bit more here in a bit, particularly about the new stuff. But uh, you can take it away, guys.
2: Well, Sean mentioned um, uh, Odyssey and Oracle. And I'll just very quickly say to you that this is an album that came out uh, in 68, actually, in, in the UK, probably around that time here, um, or maybe a little bit later. But nothing happened uh, anywhere. And then Time of the Season became a uh, number one all over the world. Um, But even then, the album didn't really do very much anywhere. It sort of crept into just the very bottom of the the top 100 in in the US, but that that was about it, even with the number one single. And then 10 years later, people like Paul Weller in in the UK, when he was the hottest thing, um, he quoted this as being his favourite album of all time, and that's something he said this year as well. Um, So he still continues to say that. In the last few years, it's made the top 100 albums of all time in Rolling Stone, Um, Many people uh, quote it now, many young independent emerging bands, almost everywhere we play, there's a a group of young bands around the the edge of the uh, the concert hall. Um, And it sells more every year now than it it ever did when it first came out, so it has a very strange story to it. So in the light of that, um, uh, we're going to do maybe two, maybe maybe three, I'll tell you what, we'll do two songs now from Odyssey and then another one. Uh, in a little bit um we're going to start off with um usually i mean when you, if you come and see us um on the abbey road festival you'll see a great full band today they're on their way to the next gig in nashville and um they've left colin and me behind and we're gonna have to run really fast to get to nashville in time but um but we would love it. you know we just do this occasionally voice and piano things. Uh, and we really enjoy it because it's, it, it enables us to explore things in a way that we, that we don't usually. Um, we're going to do Care of Cell 44, which is um, the song that Dave Grohl, when he was asked a couple of years ago on Scandinavian TV, they said to him, Dave, what is the record which changed your life, in inverted commas? And he said, well, if I've got to choose anything, I'm going to choose the first track from the the Zombies' Odyssey and Oracle album. And it's called Care of Cell 44. Here we go.
1: Morning to you, I hope you're feeling better, baby Thinking of me while you are far away Counting the days until they set you free again Writing this letter, hoping you're okay every day, and we'll get to know each other for a second time, then you can tell me about your prison stay. with me Watching the laughter play around your eyes
2: Thank you so much. Um, that was one of my songs. Um, the guy that wrote half the songs on the album was also a guy called Chris White, and um, the original bass player of the Zombies. And he wrote some beautiful songs on the album. We're going to do one of them for you now. This was this has been on lots of TV things. I think it was on the last episode of Mad Men, or, or almost. Um, and it was also uh, covered by uh, the Foo Fighters on a vinyl album they made a little while ago. It's called "This Will Be Our Year." <laughs>
1: the sun and this will be our year took a long time to come don't let go of my hand now the darkness is gone and this will be our year took a long time to come and I won't forget the way you helped me up when I was down and I won't forget the way you said darling I love you you gave me faith to go on Now we're there We've only just begun And this will be our year Took a long time to come You helped me up when I was down And I won't forget the way you said Darling, I love you You gave me faith to go on Now we're there We've only just begun And this will be our year Took a long time to Took a long time to.
2: Uh, When we got here today, one of the guys from the station said, oh, God, I love, on your new album, I love this track, I want you back again. And we've been playing it. So that that that's really lovely. Um, It's actually the one track on the album, on the new album, Still Got That Hunger, that is uh, an old song, but it's one of those ones, as I said to you, that we'd never played live, ever. And when we started playing it on stage... um, it started seating itself in a way that stuff only does when you play it live quite a few times. And it developed to the stage. It was still very, very true to the original, but it developed in certain ways. And we thought, we've got to record this like this because we just love playing it so much and it was going down so well. Um, It's normally, obviously, with a full band and rhythm section. It's quite jazzy in places. And I hope we can make it work just with uh, voice and piano, but we'll do our best. This is I Want You Back Again. So we added this, actually, when... um, when I heard that from the guy, I said yeah let, let's let's try a live version so here we go
1: Somebody help me I have gotta
0: I don't know if you guys knew, but these dudes are pretty good performers. Yeah! If, that, if it wasn't obvious before, I think it's pretty pretty obvious now. You want them back
1: again.
0: <laughs> well, it's good, because you'll get them back again here in just a minute. Uh, I'm Sean Cannon, filling in for Laura Shine here on Live Lunch today with uh, Colin Blundstone and Rod Argent of the Zombies. They are here this weekend for Abbey Road on the River. Uh, and I, I did want to talk a little bit more about... Um, your, I, I guess, your emerging, your, your emerging career, as you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, when you guys got back together and then finally decided to use the name, The Zombies, did you think at any point that you'd make new music? Oh, yeah, I mean, but, but first
2: of all, it was just for the buzz of playing. It really was. And the first couple of times we came over to the States, It really was in a break-even capacity, and we had to capitalise the whole tour before we came over, which, luckily, from the royalties that we've got from some of the old stuff, it it gives you that luxury and that freedom of being able able to have a little bit of a financial cushion because these things never stop being played around the world, which is absolutely fantastic, because, for me, I think the greatest thing about any sort of money is freedom. It gives you the freedom to do what you want to do. Um, So... uh, When we first got back together, we didn't think about it. As I said, we we gradually started to embrace the Zombies canon. We started to write new material just to try it out. Because, you know what, when we first started playing, it felt as if we'd been on the road two weeks before. It honestly did. It completely took me by surprise. It felt like, yeah, we've had a couple of weeks off, you know, now (laughs) we should get back back together and do it. and first of all, we just tried things in the studio. Um, I feel, though, that this last album is the first one really where we've gone back to a very old way of recording just because the band's so hot on stage and it's a privilege to play in front of them every night. And we enjoy that so much that we thought, we're going to try and make an album like that in the old way of... Uh, when we only had four tracks, there was only one thing you could do. You had to play together. And, and you had to capture the performance. And we thought, let's you, you know use every bit of modern technology, but we'll all play together in the same room. And our first idea was that we should get all the guys together in the same room so that everyone listens to each other, which they do. They're, they're great at doing that anyway. Have Collins singing the guide vocals so we're reacting to uh, a performance going on. And we thought, okay, we'll spend the second week just really honing in on the vocal and, you know, getting... Uh, as many takes as it it takes to get the best out of it and equally with the solos. We'll we'll do the solos in the studio but we'll come back and revisit them the following week. It worked so beautifully, that whole idea of working on a track and then finding that moment when it comes together and just capturing that performance. All the guide vocals turned out to be master vocals and even (laughs) the solos we didn't revisit the following week. So we had an overdub week the following week and we spent it all on um, working out uh, backing vocals and, and harmonies, and it was lovely to have the luxury of doing that but the actual meat of the performance and we almost overdubbed nothing That there were one or two little percussion overdubs and there one or two little things going on but it means that everything on the album we can just go out and perform and it was so great doing it like that and it was just like we used to in the old days we had to go in, in the old days and do a track in three hours we were doing the same thing and, uh, and, and I,
0: I really feel we got the best of both worlds you know, that's so interesting, specifically because, um, you know, back, back when you guys first started, that was sort of par for the course. That's kind of what everybody did. Uh, that happens so rarely nowadays. Like, v- very, very seldom does a band go in and basically come out with the exact same thing they started with.
3: Well, that's right. I mean, but it was a conscious uh, decision on our part to... In, in effect, we were recording a live album in a studio environment we we took the precaution of rehearsing extensively before we went into the studio, so we weren't looking for arrangements when we got into the studio. The arrangements were set, the keys were set, we were just looking for the performance. It's a great way to record because it's it's really exciting. And actually, I think most of, us, most of us found it easier to record like that rather than to record in layers, where often one performer goes in at a time and puts down his contribu- contribution to the record. It, I think it's much easier to record all together.
0: Well, and that's also the case specifically, though, when a band feels like a band, you know, like when you're together.
2: Yeah, I, I, and, and our band is, you know, this is not Colin and me with backing musicians. This is a band. And in fact, the guy that we that was on our very, very first rehearsal. In fact, the first guy I ever asked to be in the band was my cousin, the bass player, Jim Rodford. He was in the top local group. He's four years older than me. Um, He's still playing his backside off. He's fantastic. Um, And uh, he said no at the time because he was in the top local group. We were just starting out. But he loaned us all all their gear. They they were called the Blue Tones at the time. Loaned us all the gear and... um, uh for a while, we thought we were pretty hot when we had a full set of professional gear. And then suddenly we had to make do with, you know, the few bits that we had. Um, and uh, he became, founder member with me of Argent, my second band that had a huge hit with Hold Your Head Up and one or two other things as well. Uh, and then after that, for 18 years, he was bass player with the Kinks on their biggest ever selling album uh, in the States. So he's still a great player. And um, his son... Uh, on drums so it's a real family thing and uh, a, a new recruit who's actually been with us for six years now but a great guitarist tom toomey so we really feel we've got a unit and we treat everything as a band and everybody stays together everyone shares in what goes on um and it's not you know two original members with a backing band it really isn't that and we wanted to capture that on on an album and 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 that's the joy of of having
0: a band in that way i think it's also, that's also inspiring because so many bands that have been around as long as you guys have and been around the block as many times as you guys have um, record records mainly uh, to make a few bucks. Yeah, you know, So it wouldn't be surprising if it was uh, the zombies play the zombies and you just do re-recorded versions of your greatest hits.
2: Well, we don't look down on that, but it's just not for us. It's not where we get our, you know, you've only got one life. And if you get to the end of it and you think I've just spent the last 20 years going through the motions, what's the point?
0: Mm, that's, that's really... That, see that's... Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to get jaded uh, in life in general and in the music industry when you've been around for that long. So um, that's incredibly moving to hear that from, from you. Um, I'm going to let you guys play some more music. I'm here with uh, Colin Blunstone and Rod Argent of The Zombies. The Zombies. (laughs) They're gonna be at Abbey Road on the river this weekend. Um, Take it away. Well, I, I did
2: promise you one more song from Odyssey and Oracle and this is it.
1: Your name is your daddy is yes, you wish like me.
2: Well, I think um, in this lovely hour that um, the radio's given us, um, we've probably got time for another couple. Um, the, the first one is a song that was written for our very first recording session. It was actually the second song I ever wrote. Um, and thank God, I mean, with the naivety and arrogance that you always have when you're young, and you only have once when you're sort of 18 years old, um, you, you can't see any pitfalls. You don't know anything that can go wrong. I thought, yeah, I can write a song that's, you know, as good as the Beatles and it's going it's to go to number one everywhere and Colin's going to sound great singing it and it's going to sound great on the record and it's going to come out and be a hit everywhere and it was which was ridiculous really um, <laughs> and we very soon came down to earth when we found later on things didn't always quite work out that way um, but we were very very lucky with our timing we were we were lucky to have such a great voice in Colin uh, I deliberately He's always cursed me for this all my life. I've always written in high keys for Colin because I know that he's got, he's got a really great high voice. In fact, the story on the... Sorry, I'm just uh, checking the time here. The, the story on, on uh, our first rehearsal was that I was going to be the lead singer. Colin was the rhythm guitarist. I, don't, only, I met him on the first rehearsal. And um, we went through a couple of instrumentals because this was before the Beatles. And at the time, it was Cliff Richard and the Shadows was the big thing in, in the UK. Um, and The Shadows, great instrumental group. So we were doing instrumentals, and then we tried a couple of vocals. Um, And then in the first coffee break, I went over to the piano and played... uh, You know, Nut Rocker by B Bumble and the Stingers. And Colin raced over to me and said, my God, he said, you've got to play piano in the band. I said, no, it's a guitar band, isn't it? I'm not not sure about this at all, you know. This is not, not what I had in my mind. And then a bit confused. And then at the next coffee break, Colin picked up a guitar and started singing a Ricky Nelson song. We, we we're not quite sure. It's probably it's late or, um, poor fool or... yeah, or poor little fool or something. And I thought he sounds fantastic. And I went over to him and said, "Look, okay, I will play piano. You be the lead singer." And we we, we all moved round in one in the first in the first rehearsal. So I wrote this really high thing, which meant that when it was a hit, um, poor Colin sometimes on morning radio stations would have to play. You know let me tell you about the way you, know. <laughs> you used to curse me every single time like today like today <laughs> well it's a bit later today sometimes it was ten o'clock in the morning you know but anyway we're going to play that for you now this is the first big hit we had which is called She's Not There
1: <laughs> no one told me about her the way she Tell me about her, how many people cry, but it's too late to say you're sorry, how would I know, why should I care, please don't bother trying to find her, she's not there,
2: Thank you very much. It's been a real joy playing for you. We're going to finish up with the very first thing we ever recorded. Um, this is by a great American composer uh, called George Gershwin. And I was freak out when, I, when we do these piano and voice things because I start experimenting with the chords and he thinks, where the hell am I? But, you know, you have to do these things. You have to enjoy yourself when, when, you, when, you, when you do piano <laughs> So here we go with uh, a version that's never been heard before in one way or another. Uh, of summertime. <laughs>
0: wasn't sure if the applause would stop. (laughs) Again, uh, Rod Argent, Colin Blundstone, the zombies here on Live Lunch. Such an amazing performance. They'll be uh, in town this weekend for Abbey Road on the River. Next week is the Zach Longoria project. And you know, if you want to relive this experience, and why wouldn't you? You'll be able to find the entire Live Lunch archived on our website very soon at wfpk.org. Let's hear it again for the zombies. And listening to WFBK Radio Louisville's Live Lunch, made possible by our contributing listeners. Andy High is our recording engineer, Paul Nevitt runs the house sound, and WFBK's Live Lunch is produced by Stacey Owen.